for you. I was. There you go. Perfect introduction. Congratulations. Welcome everyone to Excitement Incorporated. I'm Daniel. I'm Rich. We release episodes every Monday of our show and our other show, When Daniel Met Rich. If you forget that we release them, you can also go find us on the social medias on Twitter at WDMR Podcast and on Instagram at Excitement Inc. Yes. That's where you find us on the social medias. And we share yeah. things. We do fun things with we the do. Legos and do the things. I saw Overwatch Legos at Target yesterday. Nice. And it took, I've never been so close to purchasing Legos in my life <laughs> than to that. I don't think I've actually bought a Lego set with my own money ever once. I, I received a $50 gift card for the Lego store. Mm-hmm. I just have not used it yet. Oh, jeez. I'm getting oh, Emmett's Dreamhouse Rocket. Oh, I'm, I'm going to get that oh, set. Oh, from the Lego movie. From the new Lego movie, Which yes. you saw yesterday. I saw it yesterday. Tell us, how was it? It was, without a doubt, a sequel yeah, right. to the Lego movie. <laughs> it, was, it, it, it was just as meta. Uh, it was... Passable. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. It wasn't spectacular. Right. It was. It was good. Um, How would you rate it on the scale with the Ninjago movie and the first Lego movie? Um, I would probably put it below Ninjago. No way. I I really enjoyed In terms Ninjago. Of or? I really enjoyed Ninjago. I thought that it was done very well. As far as the ultimate weapon being a laser pointer, which summoned the cat to destroy. Right, of course. Ninjago no, that City. Clever. That was always So, clever. I mean, there was there was a lot of things in Ninjago movie that I really enjoyed. This one I enjoyed. It, it was a little bit more of the live action than I would prefer. Okay. Although the live action was spot on, really funny. Was it? Okay. Because um, the mom is involved this time. Oh. So they involved mom and the sister. Okay. And it wasn't just, you know, dad and boy. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, so, I was going to say, well, you can, if you've seen the first Lego movie, you've got to know that there yeah. is a sister involved in this somehow. Right. When you're looking at the previews and seeing all of the female right. Lego sets involved. And when they, in the very first trailer, say they're pl- traveling to planet Sistar or the yeah. Sistar system. I was like, okay, guys, you're spelling it out almost right. literally, but okay. Well, and that's kind of the meta thing, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm this right right um but everybody's performance was great you know it's all typical yep good stuff uh the mom is played by maya rudolph yes and she was hilarious mm-hmm. <laughs> because she's like walking into the room barefoot oh, and there's legos everywhere and she's like oh it's oh, right there with childbirth there's okay, yeah. childbirth <laughs> and that's this Okay. <laughs> well, so but, it was, uh, you know, that's technically a spoiler, but not enough people are going to see this movie right now. It actually sure. is only making half of what the original makes. So we're going right. to leave that in and we're going to let it stand because I think that sells the movie better than they're selling right. it themselves right yeah. now. And Oh, and I didn't even do it justice. I mean, go see it because sh- her face in that is priceless. Oh, geez. And that's only a small part of her little performance there, which is really, really good. You can never go wrong with Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Right. They really know what they're doing. Yeah. All the time. Um, I would have to say my favorite part, though, was the end credits. Okay. Now, the songs in this movie, mm-hmm. and there are, that that was one of the things that kind of put me off of it, is that there are way more songs. Yeah. And there are, like, three full-on musical numbers. In, the, in this in movie? In the movie, okay. yes. I'm down. So, it kind of was like, 
this is less Lego and more Disney. Mm-hmm. But I was kind of mm-hmm. like, okay, you know, right. I get it. I know what you're talking about because I was going through Spotify and I found what you were talking about. I saw it. The end credit song. Yes. The end credit song is hilarious. Done by Beck and yeah. Lonely Island. It's it's awesome. It was it was awesome just listening to it. Yeah. Well, it wasn't everything is awesome, but it was. <laughs> no, but seeing it, seeing it. In action with the end credits. The Lonely Island is literally rapping about how the end credits are the best part of a movie. Yes. In this end credits song. And they're involving the names <laughs> being listed in the credits as they're singing. It's pretty good. It is. No. It, but yeah. after after that whole sequence, because there's they have a beautiful Lego mm-hmm. setup for this, mm-hmm. for the end credits, where it's two spindles. Of flat brick. Yeah. And as it spins, it changes the sets coming across. Oh, perfect. So they have built, like, the 8-bit version Uh taller of, like, the characters and stuff and have them reenacting stuff. And as the two come across the screen to form one thing, Mm -hmm. it's pretty cool. So everyone needs to go see that. So everybody needs to see it. But to tie it all together, after that sequence, they showed pictures of brother and sisters that had their own creation that they worked on together. And it was from all over the world. There was like, there was these two kids from France that made this giant multicolored giraffe. And there was like two kids from Paraguay that made this like weird spaceship version of the Ninja Turtle van or something. It was like, it was really cool because it's like they involved Fans of Lego mm-hmm, mm-hmm. showing off their creations that are brothers and brother and sister yeah. or siblings, and that's kind of what the movie was about, right? Of course, to a degree. I only, Very meta, I only of course, assumed but. that it was some kind of brothers getting along with sisters, uh, a euphemism in there, but yeah. you know, that's well. When you involve the sister system, it's mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. We've seen so many movies this week. I haven't gotten to watch a lot of TV because, you know, if we're not going to watch, if we don't have time to watch the show we're watching, I don't really get over to something else. But you had the time to watch something. I have been watching so many things mm-hmm. over this time because, mm-hmm. you know, it's been two weeks since we recorded. Oh, excuse me. We recorded this show. So um, the wife and I watched this show on Netflix, a Netflix original called You. Y-O-U. Is that whole thing at the end a spoiler, or do you always know that there's someone that's a uh, person? The the premise of the show is a, it's a stalker. Oh, okay, okay. So. You just don't know who it is. Oh, no, you know who it is. Weird. So the the premise of the show, when you watch the trailer for the show, Mm is focused on this stalker. Mm, And it shows his subject, the subject of his obsession. Mm -hmm. And the show involves him going through his obsession Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and showing all of the nuance involved in what he's... What he does as a stalker okay. versus okay. what he does as the boyfriend. I've seen some controversy as as people are saying they're in love with this stalker person. <laughs> it's it's as if they turned Dexter into a romantic comedy. Whoa, okay. That's that's the general feel of this show. Hmm. It is very well done. It is very good. Okay. I kind of want to. I've already Christy and I went through the first season in two days. Oh wow, okay. 
because it was it was one of those where it was like, oh my god, what uh, we have to go to bed, but one more sh- one more episode, right? Which is tough, yeah. to not Do sometimes, when right? Watch when the show. the show was really good, it's yeah. tough to turn it off, and that's what this was. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. we made it through the entire first season, two three days. I can't exactly remember; it all kind of blurs, but. Okay. It's like Dexter in that this guy is a psychopath. He's got very different view of a healthy relationship. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's voiceover. It's all his his stream of consciousness is the voiceover. Yes. So things I've learned from the show is that social media is just horrible for you. Yeah, no, it really is. <laughs> because scary. he was able to gather so much about this girl just from a Google search and all of the stuff she put out there as her social media. One thing we can only hope happens to us with Exciting. Yes. (laughs) You can figure out everything you need to know by Googling us. Pretty much. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So merchandise store coming soon. Yes. So as the, as the show progresses and everything and you see his, thank you. Yeah. (laughs) We'll get to that. We'll get to that. You see his, progression in the relationship and the eventual implosion of this relationship because it's it's an unhealthy relationship mm-hmm. but the season ends with all of this getting resolved and he looks and he's at his job and another attractive girl comes in and he's like oh hello there which is exactly how the season started oh wow Okay. Was this girl came into his job and he's like, "Oh, hello there." And then as he's watching her walk around mm-hmm. and everything, he's just gathering all of this data about her body language, meaning this about her and mm-hmm. all of this. Holy he's moly. extremely good at reading body language. Is he kind of an anti-hero or do you still hate him? You don't hate him? Mm-hmm. But you're you have a healthy fear of him. Oh, interesting. Okay. As opposed to like, you kind of watch Dexter and you know he only kills bad guys. You're like, okay, fine. Right. But. Oh, no, no, no. This guy is definitely to be be feared. It's. Interesting. But he's such a compelling character. Right. And it's. It's easy to see how he is the way he is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's easy to understand that we are all just that one little step away from being that because if you've ever been single and you meet someone and yeah. then you google them yeah you try to find them on facebook so you can just continue having a conversation right from back in the day yeah but no, say that. but say instead of you having the conversation you just continue to watch oh god and then use landmarks in the pictures that they post to determine where they live and Use pictures from their house to determine which one is theirs. Okay, it's it's like okay, so it's severely intense. Yeah, it's intense. Like, is this like true crime drama intense, or is it just still a drama and you're still kind of like removed from it? You're grounded. You're. It's a drama that you are removed from. Yeah, you're grounded, but you're kind of watching this and just being like. Right. What next? Oh what man! Next? What, what is he gonna do next? And and, why would he do Netflix this? And shows, why is she allowing this? And oh, it's yeah. Netflix shows are so good at impeccably making you know these endings. If you guys ended up um, 
just slamming the entire season in two days, I can only assume at the end of every episode made you want to immediately watch the next one. Oh, yeah. And that's how they get you. Sometimes I think to myself, oh, they're releasing the entire season right now. Well, maybe I'll pace myself, and then the episode ends, and I'm like, no way, I'm not going to keep yeah. going. The only thing I fear is that it's one of those shows that was made for binge-watching. Mm-hmm. Because, like, Orange is the New Black mm-hmm. is one of those shows that is just custom-designed for binge-watching. Yeah. If you watch one episode a week, mm-hmm. say, watch the first episode of Orange is the New Black Monday night at 7. Yeah. Don't watch the next episode until the following Monday at 7. Yeah. You will be done with it. You will lose interest and just be done with it within six weeks. Fair enough. You'd only watch six episodes because it's not that it's not that compelling on a week-to-week basis. Fair. But if you're watching it all in one stretch, it's like watching... A 12-hour movie. Yes. So I'm wondering if this is like that or if it truly is like Dexter. Right, right. Where it's like every week, holy shit, I cannot wait for next week. Well, I know when we're finished with Game of Thrones, we're going to end up watching this now. Because yeah. if, if Christy tells Sarah about it at all, Sarah's going to be like, hey, sit, we're watching this. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sarah loves Dexter. Yeah, so oh, then she, she would Dexter. absolutely she love like, this yeah. show. She okay, would right. love it. She's going to be like, plus Nurse Jackie, of course, and there's another anti-hero, not a serial killer, but, you know, we talked about that a couple episodes ago. Right. So I watched that, and Mm -hmm. then um, the weekend hit, and I had my buddy in from out of town. Right. Uh Spent a lot of time with Uh him, which was awesome. Uh Um, Just, you know, seeing somebody that you met, and I told you, like, we met pretty much when you were born. Right, exactly. We've been friends that long. And just seeing seeing his progression... He's always been a very sweet, very nice guy, but he's also been very hmm, stagnant. He hasn't really advanced. So, you know, he was he was one of those guys in our 20s. He was living in his basement, mm-hmm. in his parents' basement, smoking pot. Mm-hmm. And then in our 30s, I was getting a job and getting a career and getting a wife and getting an adult life together, yeah. and he was smoking pot in his parents' basement. <laughs> And then we hit 40. And I'm like, hey, I'm well established. I got a house. I got a wife. I got a job. I got everything. I'm set. I'm feeling great. And I was just desperately hoping he was not still smoking pot in his parents' basement. Right. And to my immense relief, he was not. And he was actually where I was when I met my wife. Oh. So he's he's on a good path. He has his... He has his life together. He mm-hmm. is not dependent on anyone. Mm-hmm. He's just, he he seemed so much happier and more confident. It was just, it did my heart good to see him like that. Yes. Yeah. And I just, I spent the whole weekend just grinning. Mm-hmm. It, not on my face, then definitely in my soul. Right. Because of just how awesome he was doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, there was that. And then I watched, uh, I watched the first episode of A Haunting at Hill House. How did that go? I haven't even started it yet. I want to. It's really good. Mm-hmm. I can't wait for the next episode. It was a little weird to see Elliot from E.T. as a dad, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. married to the Silk Spectre from Watchmen. Watchmen. Yeah. I have Carla difficulty. Juno, I believe is her Carla name. Carla Gugino, yes. Gugino? Yes. Yep. She was the um, mom in Spy Kids as well. Yeah. That was, man, that was one I grew up with. <laughs> yeah. Was she like, was also the lesbian detective in Sin City, and let me tell you, that was my favorite performance of Carla Gugino. <laughs> there you go. 
right up there next to Sucker Punch. But I'm probably one of the three people on the planet that really enjoyed Sucker Punch. Probably. Anyway. Watched the first episode of that. So I watched the first episode of that. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to go And, on. you know, uh, judge, jury, and executioner, uh, uh, Spider-Man of Denver, <laughs> at A.L. the Ahamkara, streamer of Destiny, mm-hmm. borrower of movies, watcher <laughs> of none, is yes. uh, he really liked that show. He did. He dug it. That's what kind of turned me on to it. Was yeah. He, was, he yeah. gave it a glowing review, and I was like, I'd have to check it out. Cody. Cody. Mark Wart. <laughs> I finally said his name. Yes. <laughs> I only gave him nine titles, but whatever. Yes. That's how it's done. Really. <laughs> I'm making so, a meme. Nice. Uh, Christy and I started watching a show on Fox called The Passage. Okay. Which is kind of a uh, vampire show, okay. essentially. Okay. All right. It's, but what it is is they're using vampirism. Uh-huh. You cure disease. Oh. So they're taking people that are like convicts that have no one. Mm-hmm. So they're going and looking at death row inmates that have had no visitors mm-hmm. and don't even have anyone on a visitor list mm-hmm. and then pulling them in for this medical experiment. Mm-hmm. And the medical experiment is they're turning them into vampires and then subjecting them to all these diseases. They're subjecting them to HIV. They're subjecting them to what's known to cause cancer. They're subjecting mm-hmm. them to mm-hmm. all this stuff and their system is just destroying it. So they're like, this is a cure-all. The only thing is they feast on, feast blood, on blood, they turn yeah. into monsters, and they can't be in the sun. It's true. So, But they're not treating it like they're vampires because mm-hmm. anytime anybody says, why don't you just call them vampires? They're like, because vampires don't exist. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So they're treating this as a disease. So now they're like, okay, we've found a way to abolish all of these diseases, but one. Interesting. Vampirism. Okay. So that's what they're trying. And they're trying to do this. Meanwhile, this is all being funded by Mm -hmm. the government, Mm -hmm. which is like, well, these make excellent weapons. Yeah. So there's this weird divide between them in it. This is just the over arc. Nobody's sparkling. No one's like, yeah. You know, no one's just, sparkling. Okay. No one is like tragic goth trying to, you know. Yeah, exactly. Right. Impress a redhead or anything. So, no one's <laughs> trying to awaken the elders who are yeah. sleeping in the basement below us. No one's wearing tight black leather. No one is turning a child into a vampire because they're bored. No one's interviewing. Well, another <laughs> one. I don't know. This <laughs> is, so, no, this is the overarching premise of the show. Mm-hmm. This isn't what the show's about. The show mm-hmm. is about. Um, a an agent of the government that it was kind of doing things for this mm-hmm, program, mm-hmm. and one of his charges that he was sent to collect and bring back. Right. And so the show is centered on these two. Cool. I can dig that. So it's slow going. Okay. We're getting into it. I right. mean, I think we just watched the se- sixth or seventh episode mm-hmm. last night, and. It's serviceable. I'm mm-hmm. waiting for it to get like, yeah. Right. And I can tell it's building Which, if to it's that. In, if it's in its first episode, it might never reach that. But also, I mean, yeah. the, uh, building building some context is always like yeah. the rough part, right? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, the first season of The Office is rough. Exactly. Same thing with Parks and Rec. When we watched the first episode, uh, the first season of Parks and Rec, um, you just don't know the characters yet, right. right? But also they're written a little bit differently. But it's so well, funny. The main character of the first season of Parks and Rec... Uh, 
oh, man, uh, Leslie Nope. She's the she's yeah. the head commissioner there. Um, not really the head commissioner, but she's one of them. And she just loves the government, and she's she's so off her kilter as a character. I remember watching the third episode and getting the uh, schizophrenia. What did you call it? Whenever schadenfreude. He, schadenfreude. Thank you. When she was just being a little dorky. Yeah. And and because she was drunk and 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 out of nowhere she's she's singing uh uh sweet lady marmalade and she's like oh. she's just like staring straight into the screen sweet lady marmalade. Oh god. And I'm like huh. You, yeah. you keep watching the show and then we started um and the whole show was amazing and I eventually fall in love with her character. Right. She's just awesome and amazing and dedicated. And then at the and then we started the first season again and we were like, Oh, oh and then she does it again and knowing her and her silly goofiness, but also knowing who she is as a person, we're laughing so right. hard now and knowing it's normal and it's not like Ew. it's getting used to something. Right. And yeah. maybe if you go back it's gonna be like, Oh, well this was actually yeah, that's pretty much the case with a lot of really good shows. Like yeah. Breaking Bad, the first season is mm-hmm. it's it's mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a chore to get through. Yep, at least until Tuco blows up. But <laughs> but a lot of shows, you know, the first season's a little rough, and then it gets into the good stuff. You know, yep. most shows have to grow their beard, as I've discussed before. So. The but uh, the main guy in the passage is Mark Paul Gosselier, mm-hmm. better known as uh, Zach Morris mm-hmm. on Saved by the Bell. There you go. So I keep you know as we're watching it, anytime it gets a little eh, tepid or less than interesting, I look at the wife and I'm like, so I'm just waiting for Zach to break the fourth wall and bring in Screech <laughs> and, as a vampire. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm waiting for Dustin Diamond to be locked up in a, Screech, in a giant like- aquarium. <laughs> His name is Hiss instead of Screech. <laughs> God damn it, I had a mouthful of coffee. <laughs> I'm going to be smelling coffee. What else do you watch? Because I was going to talk about the movie. All I've, had, all I've gotten to watch is the movie. Cool. But you can and, um, so, yeah, I already went over the Lego movie, too. The other shows that I've been watching are The Orville, of mm-hmm, course, because mm-hmm. I've been keeping up with that. That's one that I just can't wait every week. Um, last week's episode... Had this gem in it that was absolutely hilarious. I had to pause the show because I was about to piss myself laughing. Yes. Okay, cool. For about, I laughed for a good solid two minutes. Gotta love it. It was, it was epic. Oh. The scene was. um, I haven't laughed that hard since Happy Time Murders. (laughs) Nice. I gotta check that out. Mm -hmm. Um, The scene was uh, Isaac, the. AI on the show, mm-hmm. it starts dating the doctor. The doctor on the show asks him out on a date. Yeah. So he's like asking everyone's advice on what to do in a relationship because he's artificial intelligence. He's never yeah. had to have a human relationship like that. Yeah. So he goes to the two, the two goofball guys on the show and he's asking them advice and they're like, so she asked you out? And he was like, yeah. How should I proceed? And they're like, well, you're going to want to dress nice. You know, threads make the man. You want to make sure that you're looking good and everything. And he's like, all right, I will take that under advisement. And he walks away. These two look at each other and then just whole ass sprinting through the ship, running to the bridge. They get to the bridge. There's the captain, the first officer. There, and they're like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And they're just like so excited and talking over each other. And they're like, whoa, 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 slow down. What happened? And they tell them. And they're like, and she asked him out. Yeah. And the captain is like, well, 
I'm not saying it's a bad idea, but she's got to realize the guy has limitations. I mean, he's an artificial intelligence. And as he's saying this, Isaac's walking onto the bridge and he kind of catches him in the corner of his eye. So this captain's like, dude has limitations. I mean, I had to tell him he couldn't be a weightlifter no matter how bad he wanted to be. And it was just a seamless, seamless change of subject. And he's just sitting there like, oh, did I pull that off? You know, just with this look right. on his face. I, I paused it because I was pissing myself. Laughing. That whole sequence was hilarious. So check out the Orville. Yes, Orville's awesome. I know I'm horrible about spoiling this, mm-hmm. but it's awesome. Yes. And then I also went back and started watching The Sopranos because I never caught it in its original run. Right. And oh, you and we were talked talk- about doing this. Yes, you were talking exactly. about Nurse Jackie and Edie mm-hmm. Falco and everything, and I was like, I gotta go back and watch that. Maybe we could do a Sopranos catch up. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I'm really about midway through the first season. Are you okay? So I watched all of the first season that I initially missed mm-hmm. when I watched it the first time. We're we're like halfway through. The series now, essentially, because, well, well, no, we're halfway through the fourth season, so we're almost halfway through the uh, complete series of Game of Thrones. Nice. Um, which we just continue to try and watch. <laughs> you have triggered <laughs> the AI. This is <laughs> Don't date her. I left it open. I didn't say, hey, Siri, but this is what Siri heard me saying just now. Hey, Siri, is now essentially because, well, now we're halfway to the four seasons. We're almost halfway to the CIA. Websites that pull up. First one. Come on, Marianne. Frank Valley and the four seasons lyrics. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Apple. Well, I left my notes open, but she heard me say, hey, Siri, somehow. Oh, God. Oh, God. No, you didn't. She didn't. Okay, I'm going to close my phone. I'm close my phone. It's the weird way it triggers, because we... Christy will ask if I'm serious, and every mm-hmm. time she goes, are you serious? Mm-hmm. It triggers. It's so weird. <laughs> so we, uh, we're we halfway through. We just got through the Purple Wedding. Oh, okay. Which is always a high point of the series. So there is a Red Wedding, and there mm-hmm. is a Purple Wedding. Yes. There is also a white wedding that, I mean, no, no one's actually, like, dies at, but let's say Innocence dies after the white oh, wedding. Oh, God. That's right. <laughs> I fingered House Bolton. Whoa! <laughs> He's got that on his finger. Okay. Hey, we haven't cussed yet this episode, so we're doing well. Nice. Now, uh, you also watched the first episode of a series that you have to address. We've talked about it so long. I haven't had a chance to watch it. I really wanted to, but we ended up just not having any time, and I fell asleep during a movie. I'll explain in a second. Okay. What series? Doom Patrol. Oh, yes. Yeah. Was it everything you wanted it to be? Everything and more. And more? And more. <laughs> this, this is like... They took one of the DC shows on CW mm-hmm. and said, let's make it more Game of Thrones. No way. It's so good. I cannot wait for more episodes. Yeah, me either. And that's the this, worst part. Like, I remember watching the first episode of Titans being like, yeah, more. But they released them weekly yep, on DC Universe instead of entire do. seasons. I'm like, no. Yes. So, so Doom Patrol is... A team of screw-ups, essentially. Yeah. That And it's dealing with everyone's origins. So you see the origin of uh, Mr. Negative. You mm-hmm. see the origin. It focuses quite a bit on Robot Man. Good. So you get to see... <laughs> you get to see Brendan Fraser in his best Dale Earnhardt impression. <laughs> Wonderful. 
wonderful because he was a race car driver. He was Stunt a race car. car. He is Stunt he, driver. No, he's a race car a race driver in this. Okay, yeah. Before he became the. Okay. Yes. And so there's. He wakes up and it's very reminiscent of uh, RoboCop mm-hmm. in the way that it handles it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you'll, I mean, it opens with all of his sins. You know, he's a big time race car driver. Mm-hmm. He's a mm-hmm. public figure. So, okay. you know, he's got the big house with the wife and the kids. And this and is Brendan Fraser. This is Brendan Fraser. Even better. And it's, I, I don't really want to spoil anything. So well, then don't. Keep it very that's vague. okay. Does he say time but, to go? And then he drives away. He does not. Oh, damn it. Okay. All right. He does not. It's. Darn. But like when he's about to get in the car, his wife says something to him mm-hmm. and he responds to her and then it shows him in the car and a wreck happens on the mm-hmm. road and then it just opens and there's the chief. Was it scary? Timothy Dalton, chief. Was it scary when he crashes? Did they make it like They make it They make it pretty good. I like there's a car spinning in air. Oh. And then it okay. cuts to black. And then you hear, and his eyes open, and there's the chief. Okay, cool. They did. It's they, fairly graphic. They did. I mean, he's he's banging the nanny, mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. nanny is very uh, well portrayed. The chief, no, is banging the nanny, no, or robot, robot man. Before or after roboting? Before roboting. Okay, all right. Do so as the human, as the human, you know, he's got the grandiose house, the wife in the workout room, mm-hmm. the kid mm-hmm. is screaming. Meanwhile, he's in the nanny's guest house banging her oh great that's not so they do go a little darker on the context they oh yeah there was plenty of swearing okay there was some nudity but not enough to really trigger anything sure sure. um but he's dropping bombs he's dropping f-bombs quite a bit oh okay cool no that works um but you you see the chief working with him and trying to rebuild his memory because for those unfamiliar with Doom Patrol, Robot Man was stunt car driver Cliff Steele who is in an auto accident mm-hmm. and the only part of him that's salvageable is his brain. So they put his brain into this robot. Right. So that's It's awesome. That's what he's <laughs> doing. So his brain is in this robot and it's been unconscious for Mm-hmm. however long mm-hmm. and so he's trying to rebuild his speech center and rebuild his motor skills and everything because old brain new body right of course but then it goes into the uh it goes into elastigirl or elasta woman mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and uh crazy jane crazy jane's hilarious okay crazy jane's awesome okay good because there's one point where uh her personality flips but each personality in her, she has 64 split personalities in her. Each one of them has a different power. Oh. Yeah. That's, oh, geez. Even so, even Tony Stark would be like, I'm not, I'm not, yeah. Yeah, so she flips to one power at one point, and, and Robot Man's like, no, not that one. Calm down. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's so... Okay. It's so everyone needs to watch a Doom Patrol. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> because I mean, it, I'm already sold, and I already like Titans in the first place. Let alone hearing yeah. that Doom Patrol, because I've been seeing reviews, and they yeah. said that it's it's insane but amazing. Yeah. So I picked up DC Universe because I'm a DC guy, you know. Mm-hmm. So I was getting it for Batman animated series, all mm-hmm. of the digital comics, and 
all of the DC original movies yeah. that are animated. Yeah. Doom Patrol alone makes the price tag worth it. Okay. And I'm only one episode in. Yeah, no, that's it makes definitely... me It makes me excited to go and check out Titans, because I haven't had a chance to check right. that out yep. yet. Yep. Plus, I didn't want you to lose your place, because you were watching oh, it. Oh, okay, well, I can go finish that. I mean, I need so, something. To, I was watching that on my own anyway. Right. It's just when I'm trying to get through the, the games that I'm playing right now. Ugh. Right. So many games. Yeah. <sighs> Not enough so, time. Yeah. But that's all the shows I watched. That's cool. That's cool. And we went to see two movies together. We had some uh, logistical difficulties, and we didn't get to put up a review of Alita Battle Angel, which we saw well before it came out two days ago. Um, Alita Battle Angel. uh, Oh, my gosh. I just can't. I can't. I can't pour out enough of my feelings about this movie, and I'm always speechless when I try to talk about it because I, I want to tell people it's amazing, but I also want to tell people this is like a new age of film in a way yeah. that also for nerds specifically because of how good anime and manga movies um, could be if they're done like this, right. let alone with the, um, the technology at Weta and the motion capture that James Cameron did for Avatar, combining yeah. all those elements into an anime and not holding back on the silly anime things like that gigantic hammer that Doc Dr. Ito has yeah. in the show, and you're like, okay, Christopher Walsh should not have a hammer that big, but it's got jet thrusters, so that's cool, and we're going to forgive that. Yep. Rollerblades are coming back, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> like, that reminds me of that old joke. What's, what's the, the old hardest? Joke? What's the hardest thing about rollerblading? Uh, what is it? Having to tell your parents you're gay. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that, but I let you tell it. Yes. Um, so we did that, and then there's we also went to see How to Train Your Dragon 3. Would you say Lego 2 or How to Train Your Dragon 3? They're kind of on the same level, if really. You, if you had to, okay, but if you had to pick one. Because I feel like How to Train Your Dragon 3, you don't glean much more outside of the preview, say, for the ending of that movie. Yeah, it's it's just a continuation of the same story. Yeah. And that's what Lego Movie 2 was. Did it's, it hit you in the feels at all, the end of the movie? It hit me in the feels. It made me a little sappy. made me a little teary. made me the, a little... Yeah. That could be Kingdom Just, Hearts 3 drawing romantic notions out well, of me, too. But. No, it's, it was more like the end of... All right. Possible light spoilers... Or how to Train Your Dragon 3. Let's not. Just <laughs> People slight. are just going to turn it off and not listen to the rest of the episode. <laughs> Very slight. Skip ahead two minutes. I will be done inside of two minutes. It's very reminiscent if you have ever lost a pet. Oh, that too. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's very, that was the part that hit me in the feels. Toothless doesn't die, Brian. There's, there's no death. It's just mm-hmm. you have this pet that you care very deeply about mm-hmm. and then they're gone. Yeah, because you do the best thing for them. Because you do yeah. what is best for them. Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, that was the part that got me. Mm-hmm. Kind of, you know, I'd say the last 10, 15 minutes I was yeah, plotting, same. you know. Same. Somebody was cutting so, onions in the theater. Yeah. We'll talk about that more off the air yeah, because I just so. thought of something that I wanted to say, but it would be much better for a spoiler conversation. Okay. Than not so, okay. <laughs> but I digress. Uh, we saw that, and it was yeah, no, it was a it was a by the books. It was uh, I thought that you know there were some seriously they do let some other characters in the dragon group shine a lot more than I thought they would. Yeah. So um, it was definitely worth if you like How to Train Your Dragon at all, you should go see it. Yeah. If you like the Lego Movie at all, you should go. This is like quite the February for movies. Absolutely. Still though, Alita needs to be at the top of the list for oh, going definitely. to see any of these movies. Definitely. You know so. Alita is new. It it kind of yeah. It changes the it changes the landscape mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. movies. Yeah, going forward, just this is 
there are some movies that you see just because they're visually stunning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then there's some movies you see just because the story is compelling. Yeah. This is kind of a balanced... It's a perfect balance for both. It's a because balance of those two things we got raised to, see it to the top. In 3D, in the Dolby Cinema. Like, I never pay for 3D movies because I think they're just a hack, but those are, like, converted 3D movies. This movie was made for 3D. Yeah. And just when you see these crazy moments in the preview, they actually get crazier when you go to see them in the theater because you're just kind of, like, dodging these spears and, like, the things are getting up in your face and the world is so vibrant and alive. I've never... Elite is just too good. Yes, very good. Very, very good. Too good. The best Stay tuned movie. for our review. It's coming eventually. Eventually. If we I ever... mean, we didn't jump on board, like, as the... Before, as we planned, but we will eventually release it. Station. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll release a conversation about Elite. Yeah, so. eventually. There's that. Hey, All right. Hey, Rich. Yeah. I'm going to talk about some TV news things right now. Okay. Okay. Before games? Okay. Um, Before games, which, you know. Grab a water for us. Okay. Grab a water for us. So, to begin, the conversation strongly in terms of TV and movies and doing all the things. uh, I mean, I don't know where to start because there's so many things. There are so many things. We'll start with something super interesting just for uh, special listener Justin since he wants to hear us talk about more Star Trek things. Picard. There's a TV show about Mm. Picard coming to ABC. To ABC? Yeah. Really? Yes. (sighs) Set in the Kelvin universe. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that immediate letdown. Immediate letdown, as Brian says. Now, uh, no, it is set in the Kelvin universe, which might add for a don't frown, don't cry, Rich. 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 All right, I'll keep my Rich. I'll keep my mind open and my heart what, accepting. What is your middle name? I forget. I know it it's my father's D. name. Uh, uh, Dylan. You bet my father. Don. <laughs> Donald. Uh, his alter ego. His alter ego is Quail Man. What's Quail Man? Oh, what are you talking about? What's your you didn't watch Nicktoons. I am so old. It's okay. There was an, a time and there's your timestamp that, that one. Um. So, anyways, Picard is getting a show, and Ooh. uh. He is very much, um, you know, uh, uh, what is, why can't I think of his name right now? Peace to you, Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart is a part of it. Yes. Of course. Yes. Um, he's going to be taking part in the recasting process, of course, to pick the right Picard. Or I'm kidding. They aren't recasting him. It's just him. It's Picard on his own. I didn't want to like, <laughs> I was just trying to get you disappointed more. I was going to call you by your full name, but you didn't say your dad's name out loud. So I don't know. And I know, I know it starts with a D. I know I met him two years ago at Thanksgiving. You've spent time with him. We ate turkey necks. Now, uh, or no, I watched him eat the turkey neck, but I ate them too. Anyways, um, so there's that. The Breaking Bad movie known as Greenbrier. It's codenamed Greenbrier right now. Okay. Definitely starring Aaron Pinkman, which means we're following the story of Jesse after he escapes uh, uh, Brian Cranston's Walter. Yes. Is going to premiere first on Netflix. All right. So we don't have to wait or pay for cable bullcrap. And I think it's because they owe a lot of Breaking Bad success to dropping it on Netflix uh, before they literally explode it. Yeah. 
and people were able to watch that show. So, I mean, they literally attribute their viewer count growing to Netflix. And in a way, oh, they were like, definitely. well, we're dropping the movie here. I, I, I wouldn't have paid any attention to Breaking Bad if it weren't for Netflix. It's true. Can I give you my pitch for what this movie would be if I was writing it and what I'm hoping it's going to be anyway? Yes. Um, I want I want Jesse to, of course, be trying to survive the law. He's associated to the death of two, you know, um, two DEA agents, and that's a big deal. And he's trying to escape the law. He's trying to escape the drug, you know, the drug industry. But also... What is he doing by himself? You know what I mean? Who are these extra characters going to be? Because he doesn't have a girlfriend. He doesn't have a wife. He uh, Now, behind-the-scenes photos showed old vehicles being towed into town. Okay. And the, uh, uh, oh, man, Jesse, what is Jesse's last name? Pinkman. Oh, Aaron it. Pinkman. Whoops. His name is Aaron Paul. Thank you, Aaron That's Paul. why I was kind of giggling when you said Aaron Pinkman. <laughs> Because Aaron Paul is Jesse Pinkman, and I was like, that is a brilliant marriage of well, the two. Why don't you correct me next time? Um, because I didn't mean to do that. And apologies. no, they're doing um, the the Goodman household. The Pinkman household. I can't say words. Yes. The Pinkman household has been rented out for filming as well. So he might Ooh. run back to his parents. And Interesting to see how that happens. Yes, and the flautist. Uh, maybe maybe his little brother would be you know introduced to the scenario. But most importantly, is that I want him to become schizophrenic, and his personality is the ghost of Walter White degrading him and appearing at random times throughout the movie. Oh. Tell me this doesn't get you excited. <laughs> He can't get Walter's voice out of his head, no matter how dead that son of a gun is. Ah, uh, okay. Right, right. That's how you do it, folks. That's how you get a Breaking Bad movie. Because let's be honest, Breaking Bad is not Breaking Bad without Walter White. You can have Better Call Saul. That's fine. We have Jimmy, but you cannot do Breaking Bad without Walter White. Maybe they'll have flashbacks. I don't know. He's probably going to be there for that movie, and we both know it. Yeah. So that's your pitch. That's my pitch. You like mine? Yes. I. <laughs> this is because of Netflix. This is all because of Netflix, okay? I picture that Jesse tore out of there and decided he had to escape New Mexico. Yep. So he drives straight across out of New Mexico, straight across Arizona, mm-hmm. and ends up in LA. Oh. He, uh, doesn't change out of a yellow hat and a red hoodie, and he's crashing on a celebrity's couch. And the whole thing that got him in there was that he had a pocket full of blue sky. Oh. And so he was able to move that Mm -hmm. to support his habits and everything. I like it. And he's he's pretty much couch surfing on a has-been celebrity 90s guy. Crashing on his couch, and the guy's like, "I, you know what? The royalties have slowed down. You've got to do something." And he starts dreaming of Walter White, and dreaming of the formula, the process, mm-hmm. the chemicals, mm-hmm. and everything. And as much as he's trying to stay out of it, he starts making meth again mm-hmm. to 
pretty much pay his bills. Yeah, of course. Well, I and mean, the what do these time, people do when they, you know, have no other paths? And the whole time, Walter is berating him and everything, and he'll see him standing over by the kiln or standing over by the mm-hmm. Bunsen burner. Okay, just a little, a little less forward, just a little more creepy. Right. Your take. Okay. Yeah, so he's reliving memory of him being berated, but he's not hallucinating him. Right. And he can't. He keeps like screwing it up and not getting it right. Yeah. And by the end of the by the end, Walter has vanished, and he's polishing a wood box. Oh. And he is picturing it as carpentry, and then we see the batches are just rolling out perfect. That's cool too. That's cool too. What if he decides to berate his little brother? Who wants to teach him how to cook? And he says no, and then he ends up teaching his little brother, and then he becomes in turn because you grow man. through the pe- yeah you yes. grow through the people you know mm-hmm. right. I digress. Yes. <laughs> we could do this all day. This could be a Breaking Bad catch up, yes. but we won't. Um, Shout out to BoJack Horseman. That was the uh, celebrity. Bit. Yeah. One anyway. of the scarier jump jump scares I've seen in a show was actually in Better Call Saul, purely because and I, that's re- oh, part of the reason I was asking about the car crash and how that works because there's a an attorney uh, who's helping Jim Jimmy work on a on a case and she's like just driving and then next thing you know like she's in a crash. She's oh. crashing because she passed out at the wheel. She was too too exhausted. Oh wow. And then boom and then her papers are flying all over the highway. It was scary. I digress. There's so many things in the news here that I'm going. There are many things. Okay, so we watched the trailer for that Tolkien movie. Yes, we did. They're making a Tolkien biopic. Yes, about time. It looks really good, and and Brian rewinded for us and paused at certain points where you literally see the face of the Balrog in an explosion um, in wartime because Tolkien fought in World War One. Yes, he did. Holy moly! Yeah. Are you ready for this movie? So ready. It's either going to be really good or really bad. I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any extremes for this. But then again, Bohemian Rhapsody was pretty mediocre. (laughs) 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 So as long as the guy playing Tolkien is good, it'll have some redeemable qualities. I cannot wait for you to watch Doom Patrol. I cannot wait for you to watch the first episode of Doom Patrol because there is one bit that just made me think of you and burst out laughing. Okay, cool. I'm ready. I'm ready. And we'll you'll know it, it when you see it. Okay. We might watch it after this. Uh, there's a lot to talk about in this episode, so I'm going to keep plowing through the news here. Okay. Um, the Trench, an Aquaman spinoff, is in development. Oh, really? Yes. What was probably the best sequence in that whole film and probably the sequence that James Wan pitched to get Aquaman is becoming its own movie. Now, the Trench in the film is all more of a horror sequence, and, um, and it's one of the Seven Kingdoms of... Uh, okay. Atlantis, right? Um, yeah. Where uh, it was a scary night scene. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're making that into a movie. Nice. I'm down. I'm DC down, is starting yeah. to figure out that they can, you know, they can make money without releasing Justice League immediately. Yeah. Well, they well, can. They can do very well mm-hmm. avoiding the big three. It's true. Or at least the big mm-hmm, two. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, they don't have to remake Batman. They don't. They don't have to make, remake Superman. They, they can. They've got a wealth of property. Mm-hmm. They need to remake Green Lantern and do it good this Real time. Real good. Real good. So to... I'm not a Green Lantern hater by any means, but... Sure. That movie could have been way better. Anyway. I saved... Uh, there's a couple of things. Okay, we're going to go in order. These last two things are really cool. So the new Terminator movie. How does that make you feel? I'm one of those guys that Terminator stopped with Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Okay. 
that was the pinnacle. And I love that you say that because Terminator Dark Fate is going to be a direct sequel to Judgment Day. They're doing a rewind. Um, It will follow Sarah Connor. Okay. It is the first movie since Judgment Day to be produced by James Cameron. Okay. All of the things that needed to be in place for this movie to have any hope, in my book at least, is now there. Because James Cameron has a say as a producer in what makes Terminator good. What's going to introduce it and make it good. The first thing was that he said he's not doing it without Arnold. And Arnold is there. Sarah Connor, also now there. Okay. And that was the first thing he said is that we need her back. We need Linda back, Linda Hamilton, who plays Sarah Connor back to do this the right way. It's also coming out on November 1st this year. They aren't messing around. You've heard me talk in the past about my list of perfect movies. Yes. Terminator 2 Judgment Day is right up there. It's like number two. Same, same. There, that movie is so just tight <laughs> and perfect and mm-hmm. doesn't really need anything else. It doesn't, no. So, I... Is, is it a cash grab at the end of the day? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. But you would think that there would have to be a serious story to be told for them to make another one, let alone after the, the last bullshit, what, uh, not salvation. I mean, because they had the one that was set after D-Day. T-Day? What was the... Judgment Day. Judgment Day, thank you. They had the one that was set directly after Judgment Day. They had the bullcrap third one. And <laughs> and then they had this most the recent one. The Terminator? Yes, exactly. Um, but then they had the one where uh, uh, Mother of Dragons, um, um, yes. Amelia Clark played Sarah Connor, which I thought was okay, but mostly a waste of time. They had a show, the... The Sarah Connor Chronicles. It wasn't the worst, actually. But and that had canceled. Summer Glau as the Terminator. The Terminator, yeah. That was I never it. watched that show. Mm-hmm. I kind of wanted to because... I watched a couple I love, episodes. Because I love River Tam. And right, exactly, same. The Firefly bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I I wanted to check it out. I just never did. Yeah. I may go back eventually. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I like to surprise my wife, Sarah, with action movies. So sometimes I'm like... We're going to watch this. What is this? And I said, it's Die Hard. Oh, an action movie? It was Christmas time, though. Yeah. <laughs> and she ended up loving Die Hard. Because that's another one. That, it is. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. another one on that list. That's, mm-hmm. I'd say that's like number eight. It's so good. Perfect movies. Um, you know, and then maybe we'll watch the other one sometime. But what I'm really looking forward to is, since she doesn't know that much about Terminator, is watching the first one to set up the whole story and then getting to the second one. What? This one is so bad. The first one is terrible. <laughs> In comparison to Terminator 2, it I'm is aware. so bad. I'm aware. I'm okay. aware. Right? Sorry. But the way a sequel can subvert expectations and be ter- be awesome, because the trailer ruined it for everyone that Arnie was a good guy. What I'm really looking forward to is when I pop in Judgment Day. And then she sees him walk in the door, pull out the shotgun, and then shoot the bad one and turn to me and go, wait. Yeah. <laughs> The way I saw it, mm-hmm. I saw Terminator 2 Judgment Day first. Right. And then I went back and watched the Terminator. Same. Then I watched Terminator 2 Judgment Day again. Yes, exactly. That's the trilogy you want to watch. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because Terminator 2 is just that good. Yes. Well, with Dark... But with, once you, when you watch the first one yeah. after it and yeah. then watch the second one again, you get all those references and good... And it's true. 
jokes and everything. With Dark Fate coming out, it's going to be a perfect excuse to say, hey, Sarah, we're going to catch up on these and watch them. So, right. But she's not, you know, expecting that twist that right. was, you know, most everyone in the back of the day was ruined by the... Um, Trailers, yes. Yeah, exactly. The Loki TV show that's coming out on Disney+. Plus. I also uh, remember you were just kind of like, oh, the Thor movies, oh, Loki's the only best part and stuff like that. Fun news. Okay. Michael Waldron Ooh. of Rick and Morty fame Ooh. is the showrunner of the Loki TV show. Oh, boy. On Disney+. Plus. <laughs> nice. That's right, which that means the Loki TV show will be just fine. And it's also going to have Tom Hiddleston as uh, Do you think it's getting character. overhyped or do you think it'll stay low-key? Go ahead. Thank you. Thank you. Holy moly. Thank you. That's that's a perfect. Are you? Thank you. I don't know. Sometimes I feel Thank like you. the hungrier you get, the more you pun. Thank you. Are you hungry? I'm absorbing. I'm basking in the imaginary applause and accolades that are raining down upon me for mm-hmm. my wordplay. Thank you. That's really good. Thank you. All right. Hungry. Are you low-key hungry? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just wanted to shit all over your accomplishment. That's fine. <laughs> so to bridge into our yes. gaming section, we have some fine dining experiences to do here today. For those of you watching the video, you can see it right now. Brian purchased Lucio's Overwatches Lucio's. It was already a skin in, not a skin, but a spray paint uh, that you could spray on a wall. It was a design in the game called Lucio's. Also, what I would scream when I get play of the game as Lucio. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm game, getting flashbacks of Hook. I would, uh, yeah, exactly. Lucy! Exactly. And I did that in the game when I would get play of the game. There was one time I ran up to a bridge, and he has a special pushing power with his uh, gun that's not pictured in oh. this one, but you can kind of see it here that's on his. He okay. has a sound wave push that you can push people. And my favorite thing to do with him would be to find a cliff and push someone's dumb ass off of it. <laughs> Um, and in Hanamura, there was there were bridges on either side of a of a um, capture point map, and I would always jet across with my speed boost. I knew they would be coming across the bridge, and I would boom. <laughs> <laughs> I got play of the game at the beginning of the match, unless someone dropped in. You know, usually play of the game goes okay, to now this characters. this here this uh-huh. here yes makes me wish I could play first-person shooters. <laughs> Just because Rufio is a lost boy that can't fly. And doing that, I would be screaming, Lucy! Oh! Well, that's what I'm I did when I got game. to play the game. Is I would scream Lucio to everyone because um, team chat opens up to general chat and everyone can talk crap to each other. Right? Mm. So, we pull on. It's reminiscent of Fruit Loops. Here's the milch. Milch. And pour in the milch. That's been sitting on the floor for two hours. This shh. might be a bad idea. Don't let anyone know that. Oh, shh, shh, shh. Oh, no, 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 no. drink your milk. Enough. Enough. Sorry. Oh, That's okay. Here. Oh, he already ate his dry. Do you want another bowl? You want another you bowl? Want, you want more Lucio O's? So we're going to... We're, we're literally like... We're inside of the immersion of Overwatch right now. I am... I am wetting all of my... O's. Is this how you eat your cereal? Is you kind of like pour these all out and I, I, you just like I go and push everything down so that it gets a little damp. Yes. Let's put up the box. There's for this. There is this crucial point this. of cereal where it has to be a little moist, but too moist is just too much. Oh, you need milk. 
Here's the milk. Okay, cool. We're literally eating Lucio's on the show right now. We're eating video game cereal. This is Here from inside go. of the world of Overwatch. I have not eaten video game cereal since Nintendo cereals back in the late 80s, early 90s. Tell me what those are. There was a Legend of Zelda cereal. There was a Mario cereal. And I want to say there was a Metroid cereal. Mm-hmm. And um, the Legend of Zelda one was um, little Triforces. It was very reminiscent of uh, Captain Crunch. Mm-hmm. Um, the Mario one had like little colored uh, mushrooms. And, you know, you had green mushrooms and red mushrooms, you know, it was similar to Lucky Charms, I want to say. And uh, Metroid had little Metroids, blue and purple and red Metroids, and it was kind of like Berry Blast. Do you remember when they were, I remember in my cereals, like my most favorite cereals, and they released so many new ones for I like you, properties, mm. but I miss when they came with um, li- light up lightsaber. You got it. Light up lightsaber spoons, yes, that you can get, and then also like glow in the dark spoons for like they had glow in the dark spoons for the Lion King and stuff. Yeah, they would drop in as promotions. Cereal is like the coolest way to market your stuff. Yeah, um, I didn't know it. We need to get a cereal. What was the cereal that was the light had the lightsaber utensils in it? Oh, geez, I think it was across all of them because it, it wasn't actual cereal, but you could get them in it any was, like Kellogg's box or whatever. It was either Post or Kellogg's. Kellogg's I can't remember. Two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Post there or was Kellogg's, only one. Yep. There was only one um, cereal in my area that had it, mm-hmm. and I remember buying it specifically for yeah the lightsaber spoon, and I just threw out the cereal. <laughs> Honey Smacks, because there you go. You got that Mace Windu on the front. That was Honey Smacks. That was it. Go click the Honey Smacks picture and show everyone, Brian. That is the dorkiest. I still can't believe we live in a world where Samuel L. Jackson was a straight. I mean, oh my gosh. Look at him with his purple lightsaber. It was blue in the first place, but I guess he said, yo, I need a purple one. You know what? I love purple. Yeah. Same. Yes. Yeah, well, because everyone wanted there to be, like, different colors, and he definitely, you know, started that, but. Yeah, yeah, there were, like, just the normal colors, and then, you know, now we have this, and now yeah. we have, now we live in a world where there's purple. That was, that was the one bit of uh, Return of the Sith that really upset me when they prepare for the timestamp, uh, when they missed the opportunity for, Gunga, motherfucker, do you speak it? <laughs> <laughs> To, uh, Timestamp, Brian. And now the uh, um, I did miss a couple of things actually, um, in the news, in the TV movie news, and this reminded me, episode nine wrapped filming. Star Wars episode nine. Awesome. J.J. Uh, Abrams took a picture from the set yeah. of um, a hug of of um, Daisy Ridley and Oscar Isaac. Both getting on the either side of John Boyega and sandwich hugging him. Oh, it looks like Oscar Isaac is crying just a little bit. I bet. Um, and then they look like they're on a desert planet of some kind. Of course, which is interesting. It's Star Wars. It's Star Wars. <laughs> if it's not ice, it's going to be desert. Which makes me wonder. Now, filming schedules can go completely out of order of the sequences of the film. Right. And one would assume if there were like truly um, important scenes, you're going to do these behind doors on a set. You know right. what I mean? Um, the death of any characters are going to be on a closed set. You know, what right. I mean? not in the open on a desert or anything. But right. if they wanted to continue to subvert expectations and kind of get things out of the way, wouldn't it make sense for the movie to end on a desert planet? Um, 
Actually, it makes sense for the movie to end on a forest moon. <laughs> to subvert expectations, not <laughs> oh, to, oh, oh. to change things. <laughs> it's Star Wars. They're not trying to subvert expectations. They're trying to remake what made Star Wars awesome. Oh, is okay. All right. I guess... Rich, that was what they did Rich has amnesia. Seven. Rich has amnesia. Because <laughs> he's talking about episode seven when episode eight has been out for well over a year and yeah, completely what they changed did with episode everything. S- what they did with episode seven was remake A New Hope. Yeah. And what they did with episode eight was an attempt to get away from Empire Strikes Back. Sure. But Anyways, I'm trying to have a have a conversation about subverting, com, you know, expectations yes. and not sorry. about shitting all over episode seven. Sorry. They're doing it on a desert planet. It could be Jakku, could be Tatooine. But if it ended there, that'd be pretty interesting. You Especially know. if there's a Sarlacc pit. Especially. They just, uh, man. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just like the movie, the movie ends with a Sarlacc just like barfing, and it's like <laughs> and there's Boba Fett. Just, yeah. oh, that was a rough forty-five years. <laughs> <laughs> I've just been eating everything that Three the Sarlacc built me a leg. <laughs> But I don't know. There's still not enough, not enough to glean from, from <laughs> the picture. His jetpack is flashing empty on the fuel cell. <laughs> Brian, will you Google Amazon Twitter Lord of the Rings? Ooh. Because they released an image of the map of Middle Earth. Sorry I was crapping all over the Star Wars. I just can't wait to be dis- disappointed by another Star Wars movie. Well, that's a very negative attitude to have. Now, if you open up... Uh, Amazon Twitter, or maybe it's Amazon Video. I don't know. I hope it's not pooping itself um, on the Amazon Twitter here. Um, God, my computer needs a, a wipe. Uh, Amazon Twitter. Good job. You're doing great. Lord of the Rings. They released a map of Middle Earth for the time period that the show will begin in. Really? Um, go to images. Amazon's teasing its... Maybe, actually, go back one. Just go back one really quick. Now, go down to the third article. Right there. See if there's a map on this, and then we'll show everyone. Okay. We're going to find it. We're going to find Ooh. That's Open that. And the way, the Lord of the Rings on Prime is the official channel. Yes. Make sure everyone can see it, please, Brian. Thank you. Three rings for the elven kings under the sky. Yeah. They're talking about the three rings of the Elven Kings. Yes. And then comma, which is really, really, really cool. There's also more behind this. The re- the the map extends past um um the south there. Yeah. Um of it goes farther east. It expands way into the west. Well or the east. It's always is difficult to tell west? with this map because yeah. On in Tolkien's world, Mortar. East and Sorry, Western. it goes way past Mortar. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah, Mortar. continue. Well, the weird thing with with Tolkien's Middle Earth is that East and West are flipped. Oh, when you're traditionally looking at a map, I didn't know that. So, so if you're looking at the map, North is North, South is South, but East is actually West, and mm-hmm. West is actually East. It's For whatever reason, he decided to flip the planet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. The rotation of the planet is actually opposite That's regular cool. Earth. That's cool. Little subtleties. Popular theory. This, yep, this is. is that map now, over there. And some other things is that eagle-eyed fans are noticing that there are some landmarks on this map 
that haven't been created yet. Right. Which sets it well before the Lord of the Rings and yeah. the Hobbit, for that matter. Yep. So, um, some things there haven't been f- formed, and also when you look at it, there's the uh, um, there were well, four dwarven it. tribes as well. Yeah. People think that one of the dwarven tribes is going to come into play because they came from further east, further west. west. Yeah. I'm saying east because we're <laughs> right, right, right. But you're, when you're you speaking look at the map, traditional, you look not at the map, yes, 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 as to not confuse anyone. Yes, but um, that could have something to do with it as well. It looks like they're going to get real expansive. Oh yeah, in the show, which is smart of them, obviously. Yeah. And then yeah. the gigantic budget they have, they can do whatever they want. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, and there's gosh. like big, just blank spaces on this map that mm-hmm. are massive. Like <laughs> we can't hear you, Brian. Yeah. Yeah. Go back to the article for us oh. so we can see what else people have gleaned. Yeah. Thank you. I, it's so freaking sad that I know that geography so much better than actual geography. <laughs> wow, what is that tweet? Scroll up a little bit so we can read that tweet really quick. This is funny. Okay, so the map shows Middle Earth post-war of wrath since Beleriand isn't on it, meaning the show takes place in the second of third age. I'm going to detective the shit out of this. Meaning lots of things, but it definitely concerns events taking place in the third or second ages. Could be anything from Numenor to Gilgalad to the northern kingdom of Men Arnor, the exiled Dunedain settling in Arnor and Gondor. Oh, yeah. It could be loads of things. If it is truly about a young, if it's truly about a young Aragorn and him growing up, then it will be about the Dunedain. Yep. Mm -hmm. It might be the Dunedain. With the and their alliance with mm-hmm. the elves, mm-hmm. with Elrond specifically, the mountain chain east of the Sea of Rune is interesting to to be. It could be Orokarni, the Red Mountains, speculated as a home to one of the four clans of dwarves who lived in the east. Wow! Yeah. I'm just so ready for the show. Oh yeah! All that, and it's so funny how much people want these properties and more of these properties. That all they have to do is put out a map. Yep. And it sends people into yep. a feverish oh, yeah. fervor of, I want to know, tell me now. And the fact that we get to extend so far east or west of the mountains tells us that it's, you know what I mean? Like, it's oh, yeah. just that much more, that much more, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. I love it. It's, yeah, so it's involving the Iron Hills. And for that reason, it also goes kind of south, too. Yep. And north. Oh, yeah. Maybe this is just a lot of Middle Earth. I wonder how much they can now... As a longtime Lord of the Rings fan, how would you feel if they expanded into territory that they might have to fill in their own blanks? Things that, that Tolkien might not have thought of yet or decided yet? I'm on board. You're okay with them expanding the world even though Tolkien is gone? I'm on board. Okay. I I love the world that Tolkien created, and I am not alone. Mm-hmm. There are plenty of talented people out there that love this world even more than I do, mm-hmm. and I would be excited to see what they come up with. I want to see these eight men to the south that were referenced once in Two Towers. <laughs> I want them to go south, and I want them to fight ape men. Oh, we saw them in Two Towers. The Southron army. 
Is that the same thing, though? They were on the backs of the Oliphants. They were... They were referred to as ape men because they were swarthier. It was a little... uh, Not great. (laughs) It was a bit of a racist undertone. I I honestly thought that. (laughs) That's that's pretty much what it was. was That's nice. (laughs) It was a very, very... We'll just we'll just subtle. <laughs> we'll just add racism. We'll just add Lord of the Rings to the stack of books uh, on top of well, Chronicles of Narnia. He was <laughs> Tolkien was a very brilliant man, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but he was not without his flaws. Mm-hmm. And I'm by no means saying that Tolkien was racist. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that is a Southron. Oh, I didn't know that. But yeah, they're definitely yes. like bulky looking. Yeah. And okay. they were referred I mean they were referred to as eight men by the men of Gondor. Okay, okay. In their white city. There's undertones there. That I'm not by any means saying Tolkien is a racist at all. But people have their prejudices, and I think he was trying to portray that in and, yeah. the attitudes of Gondor. And oh, the that makes more sense. That makes more sense. Okay. Ooh, Lord so, of the Rings Lego set. Boom. Oh, stop it. You know you can find these, right? Still, yeah, you can they're still outrageous. Buy these. Are they? They are Ooh, so. Look yeah. If, okay. Oh my gosh. You see this right here? Look this, at these. This right here. Attack mm-hmm. on Weathertop. Yes. Four hundred and thirty pieces. You know how much? Four hundred and thirty pieces. You know how much that would sell for right about now? How much? Well, when it came out at that price. Or at that piece count, it'd probably be about mm, 40 bucks, 35, right. 40 bucks. Right. To find that in box right now, mm-hmm. mm, probably about 100. Wow. Go click shopping. <laughs> okay. Sitting know, over there, Battle of Helm's Deep. sitting over there mm-hmm. is the big one mm-hmm. the Tower, Tower of Orthanc. Yes. Probably my third adult Lego set okay. that I ever bought. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't even buy it, it was a gift for my wife. Mm hmm. She got it right before it retired. Oh, nice. My nephew absolutely fell in love with the Tower of Orthanc, and so my sister started to look into getting him one. Retired. Mm-hmm. So you want to find it in box? Yep. She found it for double what my wife paid. Oh, gosh. And that yeah. price only goes up as time progresses. Legos are collector items, especially the licensed sets. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay, should I have kept these mint in box? God, no. No. Are you high? There's They're no toys. Way. There's no way I'm keeping any Lego in the box. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I got the box. That's true. That's all that matters. We'll I got the bags. Them. Rebag them, sell them when they go above a grand. Now I'm kidding. <laughs> You're like, I could, I, could, I could think that through. Once I'm dead, my heirs, you know who you are, will have the boxes <laughs> so that they can pack them up and sell them. If they wish. Or, or like take them apart and rebuild them because it was just too fun. Right. 
Joke's on them. In the future, I've cemented them together. <laughs> you can't take them apart. I'm a straight wolf feral in this situation. <clears throat> now, um, no it was... Uh, the crackle. <laughs> no crackle. The cloak of Bandaid. <laughs> I love that so much. So, uh, and really quick to close out the movie stuff, because we have a lot of video game things to talk about today, too. Jared Leto's Joker follow-up movies have probably been shelved. Forbes reports that in midst of the Joker standalone that's coming out, they're actually shelving any of Jared Leader, Leto Joker movies. One was going to be a Joker and Harley Quinn movie, and one was going to be a Joker standalone. How does this make Rich feel? This is me showing my disappointment with this news. This is it, your face was completely unfaced. Exactly. I, 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 this was. I You're can't even it. say this was unexpected. Yeah, exactly. I, you know, it's. It was a. It was a poorly thought out plan in my mind. Just there was not any need for it. If you were going to make a standalone Joker movie, you do it with Heath Ledger when he's still alive. Yeah. Right. But no, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's work, a little rough. Really. It didn't work. Nope. I mean, well, they. Let's just be honest. Like, I. It really sucks for Jared Leto, but he really got the shit end of the stick on this one. Yeah, and um, I have no problem with Jared Leto's Joker at all. Okay, I think that he did an excellent portrayal of the Joker, but that's not my Joker. I mean, to be fair, Heath Ledger isn't even my Joker, but I think he did an excellent job with it as well. So, I'm not disappointed. I'm not upset. I'm. Yeah. I think they should cast an unknown as the Joker. Oh, Brian remembers my Joker. Yep. <laughs> that, mm-hmm. Well, no, that's side by side right there. That was both my Jokers right there. Yeah, it's true. Well, they are pretty much the definitive. Yes. And you haven't even you haven't even gotten through the Batman games yet because they take it so deep. Oh, yeah. in, in in story in places you wouldn't expect. Batman Arkham games are honestly, I think it's one of the best Joker runs in terms oh, of characters. Um, but you know that's that is mm-hmm. that is Joker that is uh, spoiler territory to go into why. So we won't say anything about that. But yeah, the the movies are, are Jared Leto's Joker. I think he did care a lot and he really wanted to get into it. But the way the actual movie panned out just totally ruined the character for him. Yeah. Um, not the character for him so much, but ruined it for us in that portrayal, you know. Right. So and then the fact that they moved on to Joaquin Phoenix playing the Joker on his own, that sucks. You know what I mean? Because um, Jared Leto, don't get me wrong, I love the idea of Joaquin Phoenix as a Joker. That's the this Joker standalone movie with Joaquin Phoenix is going to be fine. If the AI on his phone was named Harley, that would be even better. I mean, yes. My favorite no. performance of Joaquin Phoenix is her. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Where he talks to an imaginary Scarlett Johansson voice. It was really easy to was... listen to that movie and not look at it. And Chris Pratt was in that movie, too. Yes, he was. It was really funny, but I digress. Uh, so you look at the uh, the stuff and the footage of, of Joaquin Phoenix as this Joker character. Oh, man. I'm just, I'm so ready. I'm so ready for this take on the Joker, and that's fine. We'll leave it there. Video games. Video games. There's a brand new game that came out uh, in the last two weeks. It's called Apex Legends. It is like Titanfall and Overwatch had a Battle Royale baby, and I love it. 
Excellent. I've been playing it. Excellent. And that's why I started with that. Oh, right. Is because I already love Titanfall 2, and I've gushed about it on the show, about how just Titanfall was the next step. Back in the day, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 was really the next step in the direction of like these games going into, into new territory and new pro territory. Titanfall... Leaps and bounds so much better of a game in terms of like mobility, wall running. Eventually, in Titanfall 2, they added a grappling hook. And then the mech fighting. When you get in these mechs, it's not turning, slow, shooting, loading. Titan Titans move like a player moves. And that's what adds. And it just makes everything on a lower scale. You're running and a player runs underneath you. You squish them and get a kill. Oh, wow. <laughs> You uh um and then you could also there's also the part of Titans where if you beat up a Titan enough, the Titan's gonna go into self destruct mode, which it will eventually explode. You can eject. If you catch a player before then though, and you get your execution, you reach in, pull out the player from their mech, squish them in your hand. <laughs> oh boy. It makes me really sad you can't play first persons because there's a reason I I, I gush and I care about Titanfall so much. Now uh, now, Apex Legends is does not have mechs in it, but it is in the world of of it is in the same universe as Titanfall. So, okay. um, and then they added classes, which is really an Overwatch thing that it reminded me of. So you can only play in teams of three as well, which really um, encourages team play. Um, no one can play as the same class, which is another thing that was really from Overwatch. So that being said, this is going to be, I think this is at least my new go-to battle royale game, despite the fact that Tetris 99 just came out, and I do adore that as well. But um, we're going to go and play with Brian. Nice. Me and anyone else who wants to, and we'll be playing a little bit on PC. I've been playing on Xbox. I'm telling everyone. But this is the way Battle Royales really need to be done. I know you don't really play a ton yet, and technically the only one you would really go to is Fortnite, but yeah, Fortnite, Fortnite, building, ugh, PUBG, I don't know. It's Battle Royales are okay, but we're going to keep playing those. So I'm all right with it. I played that, and I played Red Dead Redemption 2. So close to beating it. So <laughs> close. But this game is so long. Oh, yeah. And it's expensive. So long. I can't decide. I've had to pass on so many things, and it sucks because I got to a certain point in the story that I was like, okay, I'm not really worried about spoilers anymore because I know most everything. Right. So I start Red Dead Redemption 2, um, and I get through it, and then I got to a certain point, and I start playing the epilogue because there is an epilogue to this. It, there's a reason this campaign is 60 hours long. <laughs> right. So I'm in the epilogue. I, it's actually I, a good serial. I go on and I Google. I know, right? I like mm-hmm. it too. And I get on and the amount of Easter eggs in this game are ludicrous. And they're so cool. They're little things. If you ride through Roanoke, you can hear people in the woods and turn and there's no one there. There's a lady who asks for a ride as you're riding past her. You look back, she's not there. <laughs> all, all these really cool um, Easter eggs, and they also lead into Grand Theft Auto Five. Really? In the way that in one of the DLCs, there was a time travel um, a, a, a company there that they were like, I guess it's some kind of like corporation where they're doing advanced technology things. In the game, you run into a guy with a birthmark under his eye, 
um, and he acts kind of weird, and then you end up going to his shack later. He's not there, but you see on the wall there's like images of like portals and um landmarks like the uh like the um 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 the tower the sorry the in new york oh the uh, sanctum no not the sanctum um but the tower the really tall one i don't know why i can't think of words and things to say there's the imagery empire state building oh there we go i had to see it to know it oh if you go, well, that's the Chrysler Building. Um, Empire State Building doesn't have the curves. I thought I could it? be wrong. No, I think you're right too. Um, so there were the pyramids. So if you mm. someone went back to Grand Theft Auto Five and read a paper, yeah, in Grand Theft Auto Five, yeah, and in the paper they were talking about time travel and the guy in the picture. Holy shazbot! I was right. The guy in the picture, yeah, had the same birthmark. Nice on his eye. All right, now check out Chrysler Building. Right. Um, it's really funny. The Cloverfield monster walks right through it. And it was really fun to watch because I went to New York once. Yeah. And I stayed. You're right. It was a Chrysler Building. So I wonder if that's different to the time period. They wanted something that was more in the future because that's 1928. When was the Empire State Building built? I did not. We don't. I mean. Chrysler Building, I think it was built in the 20s. Yeah. That was that's for you. Loud. That's a gift. That was really loud. I think the mics might have actually picked that one <laughs> just real hard. So, okay, so it's a little. It, well, it so the Chrysler the Building and the Empire State Building were built within three years of each other, so that's really interesting. Yeah, it was a well. That was a roaring twenties. That was like, hey, we're going to show off our opulence by trying to touch God. And then a decade later, we won't be able to feed anyone. Um, <laughs> but I, I digress. That is really creepy. There's secret locations. There's weird things happening. That might have been a Photoshop, but Neat. yeah. So lots of cool little things. Some really, some really creepy things going on. Guy wandering around in a pork pie hat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, ghost hats sometimes. Apparently. Okay. So I'm almost done with Red Dead. Nice. I'm so close, and I just want it to be over, but I also don't want it to be over. I really think you should start with Red Dead Redemption 2. As opposed to Red Dead Redemption? Yes. Okay. Now, that being said, it's because of how flawlessly it glides into the story of Red Dead Redemption. And Red Dead, both of these, the, both of the stories in these games are tragic, but... If you started with two and moved on to one, it would actually get easier because Red Red Dead Redemption is not as mechanically failed as Red Dead Redemption 2 is. Mm-hmm. So you could go through that, move on to the next game, and then you see the story through to completion. And it goes through a lot of, of, of things in the way it tells stories about different characters. Um, a big part of re- the first Red Dead Redemption is trying to glean the information of what happened before. I okay. think the story is is better served now that they have filled in the beginning. I think the story is better filled in as the, as, as Red Dead, uh, as Red, yeah, basically for you to start there and see it all unfold in a natural process because there's enough that happens in the story that it will never it will never falter even despite the fact that you know what happened now that you've played Red Dead Redemption 2. Okay. So, um... Stay tuned in 2022 when I play Red Dead Redemption 2. Right. <laughs> Basically, when you get around to it. Well, I, I just, mean, I've got the massive backlog as it stands. I true. mean, I still... 
have to make it through Arkham Asylum mm-hmm. so that I can make it through Arkham City and Arkham Knight. And you've only <sighs> just recently beat Spider-Man a couple weeks ago and are playing Kingdom Hearts 3 because, let's be honest, you're not waiting on that one. Exactly. Luckily, Kingdom Hearts 3 is pretty linear. Yeah. There's not much to it outside. You can go pretty much straight through. Right. Essentially, not worry about it. It's also the easiest of all the Kingdom Hearts yeah. games. So. You also have to realize that one of my favorite factors of a Kingdom Hearts game is the gummy ship. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there is a lot more room for gummy ship fun there in this really one is, yeah. than in previous ones. I so I may be lost in I may be lost in gummy shipness for quite a while. I don't blame you. So. Um it's definitely the best of all the gummy ship things. I I, I, I'm still not in love with all the gummy ship stuff, and mm-hmm. we are now looking at a build. Someone made a, a literal X-Wing in the gummy ship. Yes, they That did. is so amazing. I love the GameCube one that somebody made. There's so many mods to a gummy ship. There's mm-hmm. The one I built looked like a Borg cube. Go to that third one on the bottom, on the left. Very bottom, on the left. Very bottom on the left, third one. There you go. Yep. Starship Enterprise. Looking yep. thing. Yep. So somebody many cool made, gummy ships. Somebody made a Transformer. Somebody made an Optimus Prime one. Somebody mm-hmm. made a Chocobo one. I saw Mario, an 8-bit Mario that someone's yep. literally flying through gummy space. Anyways, no, it's yes. really cool that it is it is that open world setting that you can just stop and go wherever you want. You can set mile markers and literally fly through space. There's a GameCube. This is hilarious. I yes. love this. So... Some people just have a lot of fun with, like, the, the crafting options. I mean, um, good friend of the show, Eric Finger, he likes to – he was sending me a bunch of pictures he made um, of emblems. You can, like, make custom emblems in Call of Duty. Yeah. You can make anything you want. You can make a spot-on image of Ty the Tasmanian Tiger. That's what he sent me. Nice. <laughs> so, yeah, you're going through through space in, in the gummy ship. Yep. The world so far, how far have you gotten? I have hit the kingdom of Corona. I made it through the toy box with mild to moderate horror because <laughs> no one, no one, even though I was on a podcast before playing this game with two people that had made it significantly through this game, no one warned me that there was a giant possessed doll that you have to fight in this yes, game. It's true. And she was like, really, <sighs> like, I was. You know, I'm I'm just kind of like I didn't even think of it when I was playing it just because it's such a it was such a it happened so early in the game that I got through the rest of it and I was like, wow, I have so much to talk about, but not that doll that honestly was the creepiest part of the game if I had to pick any. <laughs> I didn't know. And well, Cody had definitely enough. Cody had definitely played that part already. Cody has beat it since. We'll we'll go into discussion on Kingdom Hearts three. Yeah. I've I've um it's a, the end of the game has inspired me to begin writing um, a, a story and a eventual pitch for Kingdom Hearts 4 that I'm going to go into when we finally catch up on Kingdom Hearts. Okay. And that's at the end, and I, I can't wait to show you guys that. But, yeah. oh, my gosh, I'm really sorry. <laughs> Not really, because I didn't remember it all. Oh, my God. I okay. kind of love that you hit it, and I forgot to tell you. <laughs> so here comes the rant. Be prepared for many, many leaps. Yeah. What the f- Man, <laughs> Jesus, tap dancer Christ. I am what I'm going through and I'm like, all right, I'm in the 
I'm in, you know, the toddlers and babies section. It's okay. True. Hey, there's a dollhouse, but no dolls. That's good. <laughs> there's a doll. It's so and big. it's coming at me. And it just floats around. And it around. has the eeriest goddamn eyes I've ever fucking seen. Eeriest movement. I'm just like, yeah! It flies it's floating through the air. Like a snake in wet butter. And then it attacks and kind of flails. It does. Like it a really doll. Yeah. Doesn't even- just, yeah, I shit out my heart and had to stuff it back in. To survive wonder, the rest of the game. I wonder if it even blinks. Why are you bringing it up, Brian? It's on the TV. God, it's looking through the window it. at Donald. Oh, <laughs> oh look, Kingdom Hearts three slash Nightmare Fuel. Flashback. <laughs> yeah, Nightmare Fuel. There it is. And Scott, what do you think of the bunny ears? Does that make it a little softer for you? Did the bunny ears help on the doll? I made it so much worse. I made it so much worse. Now, what do you think about the scale too? The fact that this thing was like four times the size of you <laughs> when you're fighting it. This doll that actually made it a little easier Did it? to digest. Okay, cool. Like if it was a tiny little doll, mm-hmm. like compared to the characters, say Chucky size, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that would have been two hundred times worse. Okay, should we rewind to should uh, should yes, we rewind the should we rewind the uh, um, the clock and look up all the images of when you're playing the game and the doll is staring at you but you no. can't see her? No, no? okay, no. just checking. I don't know if that's really a thing. It just would be hilarious if that was actually a thing that happened. Yeah. You know no. what I mean? That's all I'm saying. Damn. That's all I'm saying. What else did you play? Just Kingdom Hearts. Um, I pretty much I've been playing Kingdom Hearts on on the PS4. Right. As much as I can. Um, and as far as other games, really, I only like have the mobile stuff. Mm-hmm. And one of the games that I've been playing hard recently is Yahtzee with Buddies. Right. Which we talked about which on when Daniel met Rich. Yes, we did. Last week. So this game is just like Words with Friends, but instead mm-hmm. of Scrabble, it's Yahtzee. And you were just telling me you kind of are addicted to it. You might need to get off of it. Yeah. Would it be harder to do if I got on Yahtzee with Friends? I don't know that I would even notice. And I then, have 74 games going. Oh, well, geez. Never with mind. With about then. 30 different people. If, so I'm not even sure who I'm playing or anything. What if we made the game even better? And when we got a Yahtzee with each other in our games, we have to film ourselves doing crazy Yahtzee things. Yeah. In real life. Make it part of the game. And then we'll just show everyone when we got a Yahtzee and then what we're willing to do. Yeah. Talk about going viral, but I digress. I digress. I don't know. It's I don't want to commit murder ever. And you know, this is I might get out of hand if I have to keep stepping it up every time. (laughs) You don't have to escalate. Mm -hmm. So now, see, I thought you would lose your shit on it because the other day I was playing and I got five Yahtzees in Mm -hmm. a row Mm -hmm. on five different games, Mm -hmm. and I actually got a little medal in the game. It says roll five Yahtzees in Mm -hmm. a row. Oh wow! Yeah, so That's it's really pretty cool. cool. It's pretty cool. I like it. There's a part of me that wonders if the l- l- muster would be lost if it was, if the lust luster would be lost if the if the you know would yeah. be lost if you were you know um doing it on a phone digitally instead of rolling actually that you know actual dice because there's a weight to dice yes. that's just you know like you're holding them and you're just kind of like ooh I like this yeah and you just you let them fall through your hands and then they read a Yahtzee and then you yeah there's throw a football um, a, directly at a senior citizen <laughs> and then you're like okay maybe Yahtzee isn't worth it anymore. As a long-time tabletop RPG fan, mm-hmm. I love rolling dice. 
I just I, I love it. I love Same. the feeling. I love the cool ritual. nerdy thing. Did you see me? Stuff. Did you see the, the starter pack I sent you that was Stranger Things themed? Yes. On Amazon. Yeah. We need to do that. That would be so fun. And <laughs> it is that actual campaign too, written by the writers for the show. I was gonna say Stranger Things is essentially just a D and D campaign anyway. Yeah, also true. That's yeah, with the way everything works. Yeah, no, that's the show itself is watching a D and D campaign roll out yes. basically. Yes. So uh, and it's like, oh, we'll fail the saving throw. It, yes. So I'm going to uh, start now. All right. By talking about video games and continuing by saying that Xbox Live is on Switch. What, what does that mean specifically? I'm going to read the article right here. Yes. The move will see Microsoft integrate Xbox Live achievements, friends, clubs, and game history into non-Xbox and Windows PC platforms for the first time. Thank you, Eurogamer.net. So, Tom Phillips at Eurogamer.net. Looking at it, it was a lot of people were just like really excited about it. And they were like, oh, are we going to get Xbox games on here? I think the next normal step, if they really wanted to blow it out of the water, is to allow people to stream Game Pass onto the Switch. Okay. It would be crazy, but it could just work. Because I don't think Microsoft has any intentions of getting into handheld gaming. Mm -hmm. And they're such good friends with Nintendo Switch. Mm Mm-hmm. Why not? Why not just allow us to do this on the Switch and have these games on Switch if it was through streaming, of course, because streaming is also getting to be such a big thing that if it was done well, this could, oh my gosh, sell both consoles insanely. But it's cool that they put this on here because games that integrate with these, such as like Minecraft, Fortnite, and all the other cross-play games, Rocket League, this is going to allow for people to take their Nintendo Switch on vacation and get achievements for their Xbox Live profile. Right. On a Nintendo console. That is what's big about this. Okay. And the more ice we break, the sooner we get to the treasure chest at the bottom of right. the lake. How does this make you feel? I am very unfamiliar with Xbox Live. Right. So, and I don't, you know, I've said multiple times, I'm not online gaming really mm-hmm. at all mm-hmm. because I don't want to be berated about sure, my homosexuality sure. on a by a twelve year old. That's okay. You just <laughs> tell them what you did to their mom last yeah, night. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Tell them you're old enough to be their dad. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I don't really online game, and I don't really have much of a presence on Xbox Live other than my gamer tag, and it shows what mm-hmm. I've been playing and. It breaks through barriers, too. You know what I mean? Like, more than anything, the fact that they can cooperate together, and you see this as someone who's been playing on, you know, all these different consoles from generation to generation to generation. Yeah. Nintendo and Microsoft are playing fair. They're playing, you know, like, it's, they're being on the same team. We're getting closer and closer and closer to a Geneva convention with the big three. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. These, I mean, once Sony is on board and they all sit down at a table together and say, okay, let's make our rules for online gaming that we can all agree to and then just, boom, mm-hmm. get in on it. Mm-hmm. It's better for everyone that way. It really is because uh, all we're all calling for it, all yeah. of us online gamers. And the fact that, of course, they want us to buy our consoles, but granted, I feel like Xbox is forcing Sony's hand in this because Sony is and always has outsold the PlayStation consoles. Granted, PlayStation was always off to the races, but PlayStation also pulled some incredible 
crazy insane going for the jugular moves in the past in terms of going for Xbox. And it's really funny that they're working together with Nintendo to to create the features that make you want a console despite the fact that they don't have the games that make you want a console. Right. So by playing ball and like this is just another minor move in terms of you know what you you think you're playing for the consumer how about if we really play for the consumer and right. see what you're doing the xbox is in position to blow sony out of the water unless sony has some kind of insane you know uh, uh hand to play on you know uh, some kind of crazy card up their sleeve yeah. to play but i think this is this is really all part of a long con plan that's going to go in their favor yeah so but you know you're right 100% in terms of everyone coming together and doing this stuff and one of the cooler things is that there's a new head at sony interactive entertainment yeah um and at a dice keynote he delivered he said in a speech that nintendo no one should ever underestimate nintendo yeah which is true. Absolutely. You know, they might trip and stumble every now and then, but... <laughs> Nintendo has been at this longer than any of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay? They have outlasted Sega. Mm-hmm. They've outlasted Atari. Mm-hmm. They've outlasted Coleco. All of these game systems from mm-hmm. way back in the day that I can think of off the top of my head, and the one that is still around is Nintendo. It's true. So it's almost like if... If, like, Brian was sitting here with us and Brian is Sony, you're Xbox, and I'm Nintendo, and you two are fighting about which game is best, and I'm just sitting there going, you guys are cute. Yeah. That's essentially how it is. Yeah. Because Nintendo's like, we've been at this for so long. Mm -hmm. Okay, we could shut down. They could could just be like, you know what? We're going to not produce anything next year and still be able to make just boatloads of money because of Pokemon. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you guys are adorable bickering over crossplay on so Minecraft. True. It's so true. Yeah. When we're essentially printing money over here with Eevee. <laughs> yeah, no. Eevee's not even in the big four. No. And we're printing money with Eevee. That's true. We're going <laughs> to put her on the face of a game and sell these. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just looking more forward to the future on the way this is all working out and the yeah. way it's all kind of like crossing over with each other. Right. I just, oh man, it's the integration is is so vital to the future of gaming. Yep. That I think everything's going to start going in our favor sooner than later. Yeah. More than anything. Well, and I think that if anyone, if any of those big three mm-hmm. console developers, anyone's on the player side, it's Nintendo. Mm-hmm. So very true. They are the biggest ones that are advocates for the player. It's so true. Yeah. Because while Sony and Xbox were bickering over. HD DVD or Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. Nintendo was like, you know what? This one looks fun. We're going to make this as fun as possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if even a few of your friends play it, you're going to pick up our console. It's true. You know, everybody else was worried about, you know, oh man, we got to make this, we got to make the graphics better. We got to make the graphics better. And Nintendo's like, but but your games still kind of suck. <laughs> Hey, tell you what, let's put bowling on ours. Also true. And make it so you can actually bowl in your living room. Mm-hmm. And we'll see how that does. Mm-hmm. How did it do? It went great, you know. And yeah. we, we was, I don't know if we was a top, I think we is the top selling console of all time. Either that or it's just under uh, PlayStation 2. Yeah. So the price tag on the PS3 definitely didn't help that that guy over there really bad. Brian's Googling it right now so we can get uh, exact yeah. exact numbers right here. But I think it, um, 
list of best-selling game consoles. I'll bet you at the top of it. Yep. yep. It's going to be a Nintendo. Uh, no. PlayStation 2? Really? Barely. <laughs> Barely did better than the Nintendo DS. Nintendo DS. Now, yep. what about fastest selling? I can't help but wonder. So all of these are pretty much every single um, every single I, one. Now, these are going by... Um, I'm fairly certain I know why PlayStation 2 beat out the Wii. How come? Availability. Oh, that could do how long was the how long was the Wii sold out for? Because oh. they didn't have enough supply to satisfy the demand. I don't remember. I never wanted one. <sighs> well, and that, that happens with every Nintendo mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. console. Is you can't get it. Yeah. For now, the first two months that it's been released, because it's been sold out. Fastest selling consoles, Brian. So you didn't get that straight. But yeah, I figured it was Sony. And I mean, look uh, at how many Nintendos are up there. Yeah, versus well, I mean, how many mm-hmm. Playstations or Xboxes. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Nintendo Switch is the fastest selling console. Yep. Of all time, which makes sense because these are, I mean, they're selling like hotcakes because everyone has to get their hands on one. Yeah. Now, as to, you know, for them to hit those numbers, and then it depends on what more iterations come out of this, too, that I think is really going to matter and change. Yeah. Oh, Fastest selling products. Anyway. There was a Nintendo Direct this last week. There was. I wrote down pretty much most everything that happened in it. Some things to great detail, other things not so much to Shorthand boatload of games. Mm-hmm. So it started with what I um, was expecting this whole time and we've been talking about. And I think everyone's been expecting it, but Super Mario Maker 2 was announced. Yeah. I don't. I didn't play the first one at all. I have it, but I haven't really played it yet. People went nuts for this game. People love Super Mario Maker. Um, to not only create your worlds, but to go play other worlds. Yep. Have you seen some of these worlds? Yes. Oh my gosh, on YouTube watching the playthroughs. I don't know how people do it. These harder worlds? Holy moly. Was, do they play nothing but Mario? I was over at a I was over at a buddy's house and he was showing it to me. I hadn't played Super Mario Maker at all, mm-hmm. but he was going through the worlds other people built. Mm-hmm. And he was like, Oh, this one only has like a twelve percent Success rate, mm-hmm. where, you know, only 12% of the people that played this world mm-hmm. have beaten it. Yeah. And I beat it. <laughs> My first time playing this game. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about Cuphead. And he was like, what? How? How did you do this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, it took me about two and a half hours. Sure. But I was like, bitch, this is how I came up. <laughs> <laughs> this this is games to yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? I was like, I didn't play Call of Duty. I don't play Gears of War. I played this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is my jam. Yeah. And that's why I was able to slaughter it. That's true. So that worked out. Uh, you know, and I, after that, I was like, I need to play Super Mario Maker. So then I got it for Christmas. And I was like, yes. I haven't played it yet. <laughs> <laughs> Who has time to play all the games? It's in, it's in the backlog. Not it, me. But it'll get played. It will get played. You know what we're definitely going to play when it comes out? Maybe show everyone us mm-hmm. playing. Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. All right. The Black Order, I think is what it's called. It looks okay. really fun. It's coming exclusively to Nintendo Switch, and it's going to be four-player, whether it's co-op, whether it's on the same TV, whether it's on your own. We're going to play it. It's really, really cool. I played the first one, and it was a lot like the old game X-Men Legends. Did you ever play this one? I did play X-Men Legends. It's just like this, except with a bunch of uh, with a bunch of Marvel characters. So... Uh, depending on the scenario, you can grab Wolverine, I'll grab Thor, or Captain America, 
Nice. Brian is going to grab. Who are you going to play as? Brian. Iron Man? <laughs> okay, he said Iron Man. Brian. Uh, so Brian, in looking at it, uh, has yep. found the comic. <laughs> Click the second image on the that's left That's for you, here. that's a gift. That's the last time we feed you cereal in here. <laughs> so many characters. The Guardians are up there. Looks like a couple Inhumans, potentially. Um, Spider-Man on the top. So, yeah, no, I'm this group. is going to be uh, Rocket Raccoon. I wonder if they're both the same character. Probably not. These characters are just too cool, and the story is going to be too cool. But they're cashing in, you can tell. Ultimate, yeah. yes. Uh, She-Hulk is also in here. She-Hulk. Lots of characters to play. I don't think there's anything Classic, wrong with it. I uh, know Scarlet that Witch. Ultimate Alliance 2 was 40 bucks like two years after it came out. No one returned that game. Really? Because Ultimate Alliance 2 is so good. Ultimate Alliance 2 was based on uh, Civil War. Oh, storyline. okay. So that was a That's game you could play. Yes. Nice. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I think we're going to play this later, and it looks really cool. They re- they revealed that um, Captain Marvel will be a playable character um, as well in this, which they're going to... That Man, they're pushing the Captain Marvel and Scree. Scree? Skull. Skull. Scroll? Scrolls. Scrolls. Scale rolls. The scrolls. Uh, Where everyone can be a scroll or no one can be a scroll. Yeah, exactly. They said the Smash 3.0 update tease is coming up. I wonder if they'll have Elder Scrolls. Will you Google Smash 3.0 and go to the images for me? I really want to know if they, if anywhere in the images, scroll down. Can you type Nintendo Direct? Nintendo Direct. It was really funny because they teased a game that was coming up later in the direct in the 3.0 announcement. So it really sucks. Okay, I don't see it, Brian. It really sucks because they said 3.0 is coming uh, with Joker in the spring. Stay tuned. (laughs) Didn't say a word past that. No new character, nothing else. They just trolled it, and I hate that. The Uh, image on this, but you can't really see it because it's over. Yeah, don't click it. Um. So just exit. The the Smash Three is like it's. I mean, they were teasing a game later, which I'm going to ask you if you would have recognized if you were watching. Go back to the very beginning, please, and pause it. it. Does that remind you of anything? The giant purple egg in that. Uh, looks like one of the powered Yoshi's. I mean that too. Um, I'm going to move on, and we'll do this in order. So they okay. they showed that the Dragon Quest Eleven coming to Switch, which was delayed, is going to be the definitive edition, and it's going to add a full orchestral score, which might be fun. Then they talked about a bunch of JRPGs, which I don't care about. All right. (laughs) Most of them. Nintendo's real good at the JRPGs. Yeah. They really are. Um, Yoshi's Crafted Story. Did you play Woolly World at all? I did. So did we. I'm almost through it, actually. Oh, really? That's probably the game that's still in my Wii U. Nice. Because Sarah and I were playing it, but I hated the co-op really bad. Mm-hmm. It was not made. It was like they threw in an extra Yoshi, but they did not balance for it. So we ended up like tripping over each other, and I ended up getting just mad right. out of frustration and quitting. Right. They went over the details of Fire Emblem Three Houses. Okay. You still haven't played any Fire Emblems. None of them. You need to get Three Houses right when it comes out, and I know you're going to love it because it's right up your alley. Stay tuned in 2023 when I play Fire Emblem. <laughs> we got to keep track of these numbers. 22 <laughs> is Red Dead. 23 is Fire Emblem. Yes. Okay. Cool. If I finished Red Dead by that point. 
Which no, well, you're gonna have to because you're playing in 23. So that's all fine. right. That's fine. You can uh, finish those things. And then they showed up with Tetris 99, a Tetris battle royale. I can't even. I, I've played it a couple times, but it is amazing to me that this exists, and I love it, and it's so perfect. You start a game, and it loads in 99 people, and then you can see, as they as they load in, you see a bunch of other player screens on the outsides of the map. You have a little target that you can aim at people, and you can choose who you want to go after. When you put a line in, and you get a Tetris... I don't think it's a Tetris, but you get a line clear. When you're attacking someone and you get a line clear, it actually um, puts Puts the line on them. Puts the line on them, but it's a line that they can't get back. And so they run out of room. And this is how you eliminate opposing players. So clever. Talk about getting people back into Tetris. Talk about getting people into Tetris if you didn't like it before. This is the way to do it. I remember this. I got as high as like 16, I think. But it's cool in the way that they get you to... That they get people to play games and with game design. I always freak out about clever game design, right? Mm -hmm. When When I gush about Titanfall or Splatoon and the way they make old games for this. At the end of the game to continue to eliminate characters because you could attack each other, but what if you're doing really good, right? What if you you get to the end of the game and you have six players playing Tetris and you're not really able, you kind of attack each other, but also towards the end of the match, they increase the speed Mm -hmm. and the music just like normal Tetris. So I remember being at the top of my list, at the top of my screen, and just like shuffling through my pieces as fast as I could mm-hmm. to eliminate lines as people were like half attacking me, half not, people getting knocked out, and you can see what number they came in. Yeah. What a clever game. Also oh. free if you're subscribed to Nintendo online. All of us are. So go get it. <laughs> <sighs> Let me just grab my switch real quick so I can download this. <laughs> Did I Boy. sell you really hard just yeah. now on I, this? Dude, I <laughs> I loved Tetris. I me still too. do. Me I just too. that's the one original Game Boy game that I still play. Yeah. On my Game Boy. I would too. I would too. No, it's really it's top notch. I'm surprised. It's probably What is your on. line record? Mine? Yeah. I don't remember. You don't remember don't your know. line record? I don't I have Games to play now. Like I don't need Tetris. Okay. Tetris is Tetris is was the game that I had, and I was like, "Hmm, what is this?" And I pop it in and I play it. And I'm like, "Actually, this is kind of fun, Mom. This game you bought for you, I'm gonna play it for a little bit until I get bored." And then that's what I did with Tetris. Uh, I see. Because I had Spider-Man and the Avengers. Nice. And then the Game Boy Color came out. And I had Rugrats, the first movie, to play, uh, and then I Tarzan see. to play. Yes. And yes. then <laughs> I forget. I forget. Uh, you and I are completely different. Time periods, type of, yeah. Type of gamers as well. It's true. but My line record is 247. Oh, very nice. In regular Tetris, I got up to 247 lines before I... That's level 24. Ooh. And and at that point, the music... Right? Well, the music doesn't change until you're like in danger. That's when it speeds up. But... In classic Tetris? Yeah. Okay, because the gameplay actually speeds up. The gameplay does speed up. I thought that happened in the original, but I guess I'm wrong. Yeah, like if you go and try to, if you go and try to start at level 24, you'll just done. But at level 24, they're just like, and by then it's slowly scaled so much that you're just kind of like, got it, got it, got it. 
Got it. Right. Got For it. the same reason Got that it. games like Guitar Hero get easy. Right. When you play. Yeah. Eventually. You, Just sheer repetition. You lose space on the moving bar as the difficulty grows. Right. So cool. So cool. Good stuff. Too good. I've Assassin's Creed 3 is coming to Switch. Along with Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice. Which is pretty cool. You I'm pretty amped for that, actually. Yeah. Assassin's Creed 3 yeah. on, mm-hmm. the, on the Switch. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Which fuels my theory that we're going to get an assassin in Super Smash Bros. Oh, yeah. They have, when you play as uh, Bowser Jr., you can change the skin on Bowser Jr. in Smash and play any of the Koopalings. Okay. So it changes to Roy, it changes to Iggy. They could do this with Assassin's Creed, where they can, you, you say you go in as Connor. Okay. Change it to Ezio. Oh, Change yeah. it to Altair. Yeah. Change it to Jack Kenway. <laughs> I know. Oh, I right? Just, oh, right? Man. Exactly. No, it would be perfect. It would be oh. perfect. And then the, the, the final smash could be some kind of swan dive. Yeah. Or all the assassins attack. Or a piece of Eden. Yeah, yes. I know, oh, right? Man. That would be oh, so cool. Yeah. Just the coolest. A first civilization relic in there. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. You either add it as an as an item or an ability, so you could, you know, uh, uh, I just think there's too much potential there. Plus, they're friends with Ubisoft. Why wouldn't they do that? Absolutely. Especially when they're trying to say, oh, you're not going to see any of these third-party secret characters come in. And Joker was such a slap to the face. Mm-hmm. For a lot of people, that was like that's one of those people that would be at the bottom of the list of people you would expect to show up. Yeah, and now they're in. Nice, but so is Snake, and so is Cloud, and so is Bayonetta. Yeah, but here we are. So excited. Come to full fruition, Ryu from so, Street Fighter. So so <sighs> excited. Um, they capped off the Nintendo Switch um, event. With a game, it's called The Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening. Oh, that made me so, so, so happy! Did you see the gameplay yet? No. Let's look at the gameplay because I want to see what you think of this. Go ahead and uh, the Link's. Uh, what is it? I'm gonna look. Mm. Link's Awakening was the original Zelda for the. Go to the game announcement. Boy. Remake announcement should be up there. <gasps> Just like it, but better. It is so chibi style. I love it. I'm 14 again. Oh. Oh. This makes me so happy. Oh, it's amazing. So I squeed for about 90 seconds during that whole thing. Yeah. I was I was crying by the end. I was a little I was a little teary. I just I flashed back to playing that game for the first time and uh just wow. They <laughs> nailed been... it. They nailed it. Good. It looks exactly the same just better. Yeah. It it's plays a looks ex- it, yeah. the play looks exactly the same. But better. Yeah. You're literally in tears. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was... It was... (laughs) Oh. I love that you're wearing your Zelda shirt right now, too. (laughs) uh, What popular contrary is right now is that everyone who played Link's Awakening before... They're literally like in tears. This this was one of the best directs for for a lot of people. And then 
anyone who hasn't played this game is like, oh, this stupid art style. But they can just shut up and go away because kids, you yeah. got your Breath of the Wild. That was good for everyone. Link's Awakening, that was for rich, not for yeah, you. Yeah, pretty much. All right, so get over yourselves. <laughs> I, watching that, watching that gameplay, I was 14 again. Yeah. I was on my way to Florida because I, my mom and I did a road trip down to Florida. Yeah. And we stopped in Indianapolis to pick up her friend and their two and her two sons. Mm -hmm. And they were much younger than me. So they were very, very, very irritating. Right. The main thing that got me through that trip was my Game Boy and Link's Awakening. (laughs) That is probably the Game Boy game that I played more than Tetris. Oh. Yeah. I bet. I I loved that game. I finished it and started again. Just started a brand new file, win again. I finished that. I went right back to the beginning and played again. Oh, wow. Because it was so awesome and immersive and for I mean, it was green scale. You know, there was no graphics to it, really. It was on a green, black and white screen, essentially. Yeah. But it was just so, it was just so, so awesome to see that they brought it back and dressed it up. Yeah, because it's like, it looks, I had no issues. This looks like it's going to be really, a really fun first experience for me. I do not, after how good Breath of the Wild was, Mm -hmm. I thought, I'm definitely playing this, this Link's Awakening remake. It yep. it looks just fine, and Nintendo hasn't let me down yet on the Switch, so yeah. I'll buy it as soon as it comes out. When I bought my 3DS for uh, Link Between Worlds, where, you know, this was the yeah. where the primary mechanic was the painting aspect where mm-hmm. you just plaster yourself to the wall and bounce out and all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. After I played that, the very first game I bought for my Nintendo 3DS was mm-hmm. on the virtual console I bought, Link's Awakening DX. Oh, nice. So this will be the third time that I will be buying Link's Awakening All for right. a Nintendo Link's Awakening system. to be played in 2024. <laughs> you kidding me? I'm playing that while I'm at work? <laughs> <laughs> right. Break time. Hey, I'm pulling out my Switch and I'm playing some Link's Awakening. It's mm. true. It's true. It's true because Link's Awakening. You know, that was the first Zelda game where you could jump. I'm really yeah. glad that you're. It was the this. first one that you could play that you could jump. Mm-hmm. The first level mm-hmm. you played through, you picked up the feather. When you equipped the feather, it allowed you to jump. Oh. So that was the very first Legend of Zelda game where you could actually jump. Nice. So they were teasing this announcement earlier in the Smash Direct with <sighs> the giant egg. Yeah. They were just pooping all over everything. Well, it was By difficult being... for me to recognize the egg because uh-huh. I never saw it in color uh-huh. except for on the DX. Oh, that's okay. funny. That's I never funny. saw any of this in color. Mm-hmm. It was always that it was black always and white on a green scale screen. It's true. So cool. Well, I'm I'm glad this this But is... all this animation coming into it, this yeah. is exactly like the animation on the game. That's what I heard. Boy. Yeah. I'm really glad this is The music was the same and the kicker to this game was the music. Yeah. Because Which is gonna be full orchestral. You, each dungeon you defeated was another instrument mm. in the Song of Awakening. Mm. Oh. So the first one was the drum and you heard the ba boom, ba boom, ba boom, 
boom. And then the next level that you did, I, I don't know, the violin. Mm-hmm. So now it's with the violin accompanying. And then the next dungeon you Matt, you defeat, say mm-hmm. it's the triangle. Yeah. And there's ding, ding with the violin. Uh-huh. And each dungeon you beat, it plays the song of awakening again, <laughs> but with another instrument in. And, and once you get all eight instruments, that's when you go to the egg and play the song of awakening. Oh. But you're playing the ocarina because you have the ocarina. Mm-hmm. So there, so it doesn't. Whenever you defeat a dungeon, it just plays the instrument. It doesn't play the ocarina. Okay. But then once you get to the end, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you've got all the eight instruments plus the ocarina. Yeah. Amazing. It was spectacular. It was the most involved music I had ever heard coming out of that little Game Boy speaker. I need to play more Zelda games. <laughs> Dude, you do. I've only that's beat one. So awesome. Okay. Good stuff. Well, that's all we've got for you today, folks. I'm Daniel. I'm Rich. This is Excitement Inc., where we make it our job to talk about what you like. You can catch a new episode every Monday. You can watch Rich cry as he reacts. <laughs> Link's Awakening. All right. Hit us up on the email or the Twitter or the Instagram. Thank you and goodbye. I'm still Mr. Bulldogs. <laughs>